0: Thanks to Honey for supporting Mueller, she wrote. If you ever buy something online only to find out later you missed a discount, Honey is a free browser add-on that finds the best deals online. It's free to use and easy to install on your computer, just two clicks. So shop with confidence. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com. ag And thanks to the app called Neighbors by Ring for supporting Mueller, she wrote. So if you want to see what's going on in your neighborhood, text AGPOD to the number 555-888 to download the Neighbors app today. That's AGPOD to 555-888. Hello and welcome to Muller, She Wrote. I'm your host, AG, and with me today are Jordan Coburn. Hello. And Amanda Reeder. Hello. And this is the final episode of our special coverage of the redacted Muller Report.
2: Wow. Yeah. Wow. I never thought we'd get here.
0: 19 weeks. (laughs) Crazy.
2: That's (laughs) fucking a lot
0: of time. It is a (laughs) lot. It's a lot of time and uh, a lot of sods, but uh, well worth the coverage, I think. This will definitely live on into eternity past, you know, being able to keep my head alive so yeah yeah
2: fantastic <laughs> job thank you yeah i'll save all the niceties for the end
0: when it's officially over. Oh, and I'll thank you too later.
2: Okay. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> but not now. We'll see how you do. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we'll, we'll be covering sections three and four in volume two as well as the back matter. We'll go over that a little bit. That's pages 159 to 182 plus the appendices. And this is perfect timing uh, as we are wrapping up the Mueller report here at the end of September 2019. We are now moving into formal impeachment hearings announced by Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House this week. The Mueller investigation yay we had cocktail party it was good <clears throat> uh, we made uh, impeachment rum punch it was delicious um, but the Mueller investigation covered Russian election interference in 2016 and Trump's campaign campaign's role in that along with the obstruction of justice of the Trump Russia and obstruction investigations he actually obstructed the obstruction investigation but now these impeachment proceedings are focused on Trump's interference in the 2020 election had he only successfully gotten Corey Lewandowski to get Sessions Mm -hmm. to unrecuse himself to limit the scope of the Mueller investigation to future elections we might be looking at this but uh, it's all coming out uh, at a very quick clip Uh, and so now we're looking at 2020 election interference with a whistleblower complaint found credible by the intelligence uh, community inspector general that Trump pressured Ukraine to investigate his leading political opponent in 2020, Joe Biden, who's still leading, uh, but not in every state. No, Elizabeth Warren is leading in a few states now. Yep. And I think she's crushing it in Iowa, uh, which is an important one to crush it in. But Indeed. We've, we've, we're we wrapping up the 2016 investigation, and now we're looking forward to the 2020. Yeah. Poetic timing. Yeah. Right. It truly is a beautifully seamless transition right now that's happening. Yeah. Our timing has been really, really crazy. We had the live Largo show the day the Mueller report came out. We're going to be in Boston in November. That's mm-hmm. right. Two days November after. 7th. After Stone's... Um, Trial begins and it's also the same day that we get to hear the Flynn hearing on uh, we know with Sidney Powell his new crazy lawyer. Mm -hmm. It's just everything is time timed. So we couldn't have written it better. uh, Honestly, I mean, we could have written it better by like not electing Trump. But um yeah here we are. So you know we do the best we can. Silver linings. So section 3 in volume 2 are the legal defenses to the application of obstruction of justice laws to the president of the United States. This is basically Mueller objecting to Trump's lawyers assertions that a core obstruction of justice statute, which is 18 US code section 1512c2, does not apply to Trump's actions. That is Trump can't obstruct justice by closing an obstruction investigation or firing the FBI director because of his powers under the Constitution. So Mueller concluded uh, this assertion is bullshit. And he bases that conclusion on the framework of Supreme Court uh, precedent addressing the separation of powers. Under that framework, Mueller explains here in Section 3 that Article 2 of the Constitution does not immunize the president from liability for his conduct. And going a step further... Muller asserts that the obstruction of justice laws prohibit the president's corrupt efforts to use his official powers to curtail and or interfere with an investigation. And Muller splits his defense of that conclusion into two sections, the statutory defense and the constitutional defense. Nice. So <clears throat> yeah, he's very- Double defense. Very organized. Yeah, hell yeah. So section A covers the statutory defenses to Muller's application of obstruction of justice provision to Trump's conduct. And that begins on page 160. So first, Mueller tells us what 18 U.S.C. section 15C2 states. It says, whoever correctly otherwise obstructs, influences, or impedes any official proceeding or attempts to do so shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than 20 years or both. Uh, how about 20 years? I'll take 20. Yeah, that sounds good to me. <laughs> Uh, and you could find him, but he doesn't have any money. So <laughs> you'd have to you'd have to take it out of Prestwick Airport near Turnberry. Um, so it, it, you know, for future reference, if you're listening in, in 2050, uh, Trump has a deal with Prestwick Airport near Turnberry, where he's been allowing the Air Force to stay, uh, basically benefiting him personally. So this here counters this whole thing about, you know, impeding official proceedings or attempts to do so shall be fine under this title. Uh, This counters one of the Republicans' main arguments, and that's that you must have an underlying crime and that you have to successfully obstruct justice to be guilty of criminal obstruction of justice. Mueller explains here in these pages that the Department of Justice has taken the position that Section 2 here is broad. It's independent and it's unqualified. And courts, meaning it's not, you know, it doesn't rely on other parts of itself and courts have so interpreted it that way particularly <clears throat> the word or in the sentence whoever corruptly otherwise obstructs influences or impedes any official proceeding or three? attempts to do so <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what he's saying the verbiage yeah. gives, <laughs> the verbiage gives statute a broad umbrella covering all these obstructive acts right because it's or not and you don't have to do all these things mm-hmm. Uh, Muller then addresses the word otherwise in whoever corruptly otherwise obstructs and points out that this word otherwise untethers these behaviors from the behaviors in section one and the behaviors in section one 1512 C one say whoever corruptly alters destroys mutilates or conceals a record document or other object. Or attempts to do so with the intent to impair the object's integrity or availability for use in official proceeding.
2: I'm looking forward to them using that
0: against William Barr with this whole Ukraine (coughs) thing, hopefully. That's me as well. Mm -hmm. And it's untethered to the other kinds of obstruction. Mm -hmm. Uh, Basically, Mueller is saying you don't have to destroy evidence and attempt to influence or impede a proceeding. It's just either or. Uh, and all the language in these sections are standalone crimes under the statute, and none relies on the other to be true for the president to be guilty of obstruction of justice. That's basically what Mueller laying out here. And in subsection two, on page 162, Mueller talks about the judicial decision that uh, supports his reading of the law. Mueller cites about a dozen cases here that support his analysis of the obstruction of justice statutes. So he's basically saying the obstruction of justice law is good. There's nothing wrong with it. There's not any holes in it. It's well-established. Here's a shitload of case law, and uh, it's very broad. It's been determined to be broad. And on page 164, Mueller then cites the legislative history of 1512C2 and how it does not narrow the scope of the law either. And on page 165, Mueller says the general principles of statutory construction do not indicate the application of the law is incorrect in Trump's case. So he says, the law is good, and it applies here. Uh, In this section, Mueller cites case law asserting the requirement of fair warning, due process, and the rule of lenity, uh, and that those do not justify narrowing the reach of the obstruction of justice law. So first, the fair warning requirement involves the nexus part of the obstruction law, you know, those three criteria. Uh And as we know, in order to be a criminal obstruction, you have to have the obstructive act, a nexus to an official proceeding and intent and regarding the nexus piece the court has imposed uh, a nexus test that requires the obstructive act to be connected sufficiently to an official proceeding to ensure culpability so the government must show as an objective matter that the obstructive act was likely to obstruct justice and not it doesn't cover defendants who would use you know means that would unnaturally or improbably be successful so like if Trump threw a shoe At Mueller's car like that's not that's he's not expecting that to be able to impede an investigation Uh, especially if the windows were up you know so objectively it has to make sense like objectively it has to make sense and then additionally the second part here is the government must show subjectively that the actor contemplated a particular foreseeable proceeding The fact that the government has to show those two things alleviates the fair warning concerns because showing both of those things ensures the conduct has a close enough connection to existing or future proceedings to implicate the dangers targeted by obstruction laws. So fair warning basically means a law must define an offense with enough accuracy so a reasonable person would understand what conduct is prohibited, that they're criming. So Mueller is saying that because the government must prove nexus objectively and subjectively, the statute is well defined.
1: Yeah, essentially you wouldn't be being so defensive if you knew that what you were doing was an okay.
0: Yeah, he's he's basically saying there's enough words in this law for your dumbass to understand that it's illegal what you're doing.
2: Right, so the fair warning is innate, mm-hmm. basically.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's alleviated by the simple existence of the yeah. verbiage of the mm-hmm. law. Cool. And then the due process concerns, which also requires a law to be definite enough that ordinary people can understand what conduct is criminal. That's offering someone due process. And and Mueller asserts the language in the law that requires the defendant to act corruptly satisfies the concerns over the vagueness of due process. Uh, He then cites a bunch of case law that defines what it means to act corruptly. So basically, Mueller is saying we have a very well-established definition of corrupt or corruptly, as supported by this case law, and since we have a definite meaning for corruptly, we can assuage the concerns of due process vagueness. So these these this lenity law and, and due process, and the uh, first thing, uh, what was it? the I just we just talked about it. Lenity. Fair warning. <laughs> so, fair warning, due process and lenity; those are all things that could make the law seem vague. But he's saying the well-defined uh, formulas of the law, the way that we have to apply a nexus to a legal proceeding, make you know alleviates the fair warning part, and the way that we um, understand uh, that you know you, your due process concerns are allayed by the fact that you know corruptibility is very well-defined in the law as well. And so that alleviates that vagueness. I I think it's interesting that he's like attaching the, you know, alleviation of these vagueness concerns within the law to specific requirements in the obstruction statutes.
2: Right. Why would he put this in unless his intentions were anything other than for Congress to take this
0: and do something with it? It's that, but it's also to say that because Trump's lawyers were arguing that he's above this law. Right. Right.
1: Yeah, and also trying to use the, the quote-unquote vagueness or the wording of the law to be slippery, and mm-hmm. Mueller's like, you can't. <laughs> it's too yeah. like like you're gonna try to do that, but it's too obvious,
0: right? You know? and and that was borne out in the fact that he didn't charge Junior with. Um, campaign finance violations mm-hmm. uh, uh, regarding the June ninth mm-hmm. Trump Tower meeting. Thing. Yeah, because he didn't have, he wasn't willful and knowing enough to be corrupt, and so had he charged him with that, somebody might have been able to, you know, appeal this on the whole um, due process of the law mm-hmm. part of this particular argument. If they were smart enough to even get there, I don't know if they would have been. Uh, and then finally, he, ta- he talks about the rule of lenity, which is an interpretive principle that resolves ambiguity in criminal laws in favor for the less severe construction. And Muller says the language of 1512C2 uh, defines a structurally independent general prohibition on obstruction. And that text removes the ambiguity. And he cites case law supporting that as well. So the the law is good. <laughs> <laughs> Continuing on with... The law is good. And then Mueller covers other obstruction statutes that could apply to Trump's conduct. So if 1512C2 if didn't, which it does, but just in case there's 1503, which applies to obstruction of... Um, judiciary and uh, grand jury proceedings, 1503A, which covers witness tampering, and 1505, which broadly criminalizes obstructive conduct aimed at a pending agency and congressional proceedings. And then if if that wasn't enough, there's 1512B3, which criminalizes witness tampering to stop communications of information about crime to law enforcement. So if needed, which it's not, but if it, if it is, there's all these other obstructive statutes that could apply to the president, and he cites case law for each one of those. So he's laying it all out. And those are basically all of Mueller's defenses for why the president's conduct is subject to obstruction of justice laws, along with his defense of the law itself. It's pretty amazing. He says here at the end, in sum, in light of the breadth of Section 1512C2 and the other obstruction statutes, an argument that the conduct at issue in this investigation falls outside of the scope of obstruction law lacks merit. Cool. Yeah, it reminds me of this quote from War Games.
2: Mr. McKittrick, after very careful
3: consideration, sir, I've come to the conclusion that your new defense system sucks.
0: So, yeah. What do you think? I think I think I mean, it's it seems boring at its face, but like he just to go through every single piece of it and defend how the president can't get out of it or mm-hmm. any president, not just Trump, but anyone who obstructs justice can't get out of these obstruction of justice statutes, despite, you know, there might be uh, appealable arguments for vagueness mm-hmm. in lenity and due process and all that. But he's like, nope. Uh, everything is alleviated. Here's the case law. And I'm sure that this has been argued before. Yeah. In previous obstruction of justice cases.
2: Right. So he knew exactly kind of how to like swat that away. It's interesting to me, I think, that this wasn't talked about more, the specific section, because truly to me, this is like, otherwise, what other reason does he have to put this in the report? I truly. Think- I I've said this before, but I'll reiterate it again. It's like, it seems clear as day mm-hmm. that it's in here for a reason.
1: Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he he clearly knows Trump well and knows what the people around him are going to do. And that's the only defense Trump ever has is saying, that wasn't clear, that was vague, or I'm above this law, or like, that doesn't mean what you think it means. Or, you know, I can get away with it and I can... can I can, you know, misuse the words of the law to make them mean what I mean, but he's like really clearly laying it out that like actually mm-hmm. no, and mm-hmm. you knew this was obstruction, and there's nothing unclear about this, mm-hmm. you know. So you're right. I'm surprised this wasn't mm-hmm. talked about more, but um, this would not be a good talking point, right? <laughs> and it also
2: wouldn't be a good talking point too because then people could come at Mueller for being biased. Right. Mm -hmm. Because it does seem like this is kind of him trying to preemptively sort of defend the entire legal system against
0: Trump's buffoonery that he inherently knows is probably coming. Yeah. And notice he's only going over obstruction of justice laws. He's not talking about campaign finance violations. He's not talking about anything. Volume one. And I think he's also laying this out for, you know, not just the the specified purpose of handing this over to Congress or that Trump can't squeeze out of these laws, but I think he's laying this out for future prosecution of the president when he leaves office. Hell yeah. And that has a big part. That is a big part of why he didn't even accuse the president of obstruction of justice. He didn't even breach that because that could that could taint a jury in the future because, you know, if you if Trump gets out of office and there's a jury, they're putting it together. They'll be like, yeah, Mueller said he was guilty, you know, and, yeah. and to do that, you taint that. And he specifically said, since I can't indict him because the DOJ won't let me because of the Office of Legal Counsel memo, I'm not even going to accuse him because when he leaves office, he is prosecutable. And he even testified to that when a Republican asked him, Ken Buck, uh, in his testimony to Congress. And now you have the law laid out for mm-hmm. when for whatever he tries to object with, and and here it all is like yeah. you don't even have to do any work. Seriously,
2: reading all of this in conjunction with all the news that's coming out currently, where we're at right now, mm-hmm. I feel so giddy. But it's like giddy about something that's going to take a while. Like it's going to be nine months before it happens. I don't but know, but they like a woman who just found out she's pregnant or something.
1: <laughs> I think we're going to talk.
2: <laughs> I think we're going to
1: talk more about this in the Daily Beans, but. I'm hoping it doesn't take forever. You know, I think a lot of things have been really slow moving over the last two years, but I think if the Democrats actually want to use this moment effectively, then they really need to move quickly. Mm -hmm. But I think we'll get deeper into that on the
0: beans. Yeah, Yeah. I feel like we've been stuck in second gear. Yeah, totally. Like on friends. Yeah. (laughs) Well, a
2: lot happens in nine months, right? Like it could be that in nine months he gets impeached, removed from office and then is facing state charges. And that well, could to, be where we're at in nine if months. Pence That'd goes down with him; he can't like immediately pardon pardon him or anything, and so. But
1: did you see on our on, on Twitter after we posted our impeachment punch cocktail party pictures? A bunch of people were like, There's going to be a lot of babies born in nine months. Yes. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's going to be a lot we're of like, babies named Nancy. Yeah. Impeachment <laughs> party.
1: Woo. And I was like, I love how many of our fans are like, I'm getting laid tonight. Yeah, that's amazing. You're
2: in good relationships if this is grounds for banging. I
0: know. <laughs> nine months, I'm going to adopt a cat named Zelensky. <laughs> and uh, Jordan, speaking to Congress and handing it off to Congress, wait until we get to the next section right after this quick break. We're going to talk about the constitutional defenses. We, we, we just covered the statutory obstruction of uh, justice law defenses. He goes into the Constitution after this and it gets pretty sexy. We'll be right back. This episode of the special coverage of the Mueller Report is brought to you by Honey. Honey is a totally free browser add-on. That finds for you the best discounts on the internet. I hate it when I buy something and then I find a discount code like right after. But with Honey, that doesn't happen to me anymore. The free app, Totally Free app, scours the web for the best discount on whatever you're buying online and automatically applies it at checkout. So Amazon, Sephora, Best Buy, Nordstrom, I I just shop like I normally do and Honey does the rest for me. Uh, Honey members have saved more than $800 million and they have over 100,000 five-star reviews on the Google Chrome store, which is not bad for a Totally Free app that takes just two clicks to install. Uh, I just recently had to get a new hair dryer. My hair dryer kicked the bucket. Uh, it crapped out on me and, and Honey found me the best coupon code. I didn't have to go hunting for one. I, so, you know, before Honey, I used to have to spend a long time online trying to see if I could get a coupon code, but they auto applied it for me at checkout. I ended up saving 12 bucks. So it's amazing. It's basically free money. I don't know why you don't have it. It's a free app, two clicks to install, free money. So there's really no reason not to use Honey. It's free to use. It's easy to install on your computer in just two clicks. So shop with confidence. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash ag. That's joinhoney.com slash ag. Honey, the smart shopping assistant that saves you time and money when you're shopping online. All right. Hello. We are now on to Section B on page 168 and the constitutional defenses applying to obstruction of justice statutes to Trump's conduct. Uh, This section basically asserts that just because Trump has broad authority under Article 2, uh, that that authority coexists with Congress's equal Article 1 powers to enact laws. And Mueller concludes that Congress can validly regulate the president's exercise of duties to prohibit actions motivated by corrupt intent to obstruct justice. He also says that when the president's official actions come into conflict with the law, uh, particularly in this case, obstruction of justice laws, any constitutional tension is reconciled through the separation of powers. And so he has an an analysis for that as well. He's thought of everything. Um, But before Mueller addresses Article 2, he he considered one threshold, statutory construction principle that is unique to the presidency, and that is the principle that General statutes must be read as not applying to the president if they do not expressly apply where application would arguably limit the president's constitutional role. So, this is when Trump complains that. You know, because he's under investigation, he should be able to inst- obstruct those in th- that investigation because it it, it it like disallows him the time he needs to do the presidenting things mm-hmm. that he should do, which is mostly golf. And time this investigation,
2: <laughs> and so this is him saying in reference to something like the obstruction statutes; those are overridden by his powers as president. Or necessary duties, I should say.
0: Right. Or constitutionally, you know, uh, you can't do your Article 1 stuff if it messes with my Article 2 stuff. Yeah. It has a chilling effect. They actually use that. That's a term of art in the law. Weird. Chilling. So in other words, uh, would the law limit the president's ability to do his president job? And uh, that's known as the clear statement rule. And it's sourced in two principles, because sorry, Trump, you're not the first ever to do anything. Uh, First, laws should be uh, constructed to avoid serious constitutional questions. And second, Congress should not be assumed to have altered the constitutional separation of powers without clear assurance that they intend to. So Mueller goes on to cite several instances where the courts address the clear statement rule. Mueller then tells us the Office of Legal Counsel, in addition to the courts, have recognized that the clear statement rule does not apply with respect to a law that raises separation of powers questions if the law is applied to the president. So you lose again, Trump. Uh, For instance, the federal bribery statute does not raise the separation of powers question because the Constitution doesn't give the president the authority to receive bribes. (laughs) I know it sounds really basic, but, you know, you got to explain it to Trump somehow. Um, Therefore, basically what he's saying is obstructing justice isn't a a power guaranteed to you under Article 2. So us limiting your ability to corruptly obstruct justice doesn't limit your Article 2 powers.
2: So he's saying, in general, you can only claim this sort of overreaching power over the things the Constitution explicitly grants
0: you as the president. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's going to get into this thing like he's explicitly allowed to fire Comey uh, as president. That's an Article Two power that he has. But if it conflicts with a corrupt act that Congress creates a law for, like obstruction of justice... Then there's no separation of powers issues because Mm -hmm. now you're talking about a corrupt act and you aren't guaranteed uh, the ability to crime Mm -hmm. in in Article Two. I
1: feel like Trump's like strategy with all of this stuff is like, I can do anything I want unless there's something a specific law written like that's written extremely clearly that says I can't. Like he doesn't consider. I mean, we we've known for a long time he doesn't consider whether something is appropriate. He just. Will you know use his powers to the extent of his possibility without worrying whether or not it's really legal? Only worrying, you know, whether or not it's says specifically he can't. Yeah,
2: I, and I don't what's even. What's great think. is
0: he says that, but Mueller says I do have a law that specifically says that you mm-hmm. can't do that, and it Sorry. doesn't bring up separation of power issues because you're not granted the ability to mm-hmm. accept bribes or obstruct justice or tamper with witnesses under your Article Two mm-hmm. powers.
2: Yeah, and I think even if there was an explicit law, he wouldn't listen to it anyway, because that's his whole tune that him and all of his cronies are singing right now is that he has overreaching, expansive, universal. Blanket immunity. Blanket immunity, yeah, for literally anything that he wants to do, is how it is in his brain. What's really frustrating too, especially for me as an immigrant, like just
1: recently I started reading the Constitution, because I was like, well, I'm here now. Like. Kind of for the long haul. It? Yeah, it's it's really There's interesting. A lot of round because, characters in there. Well, <laughs> I have only understood it's for a most of my turner. life um, the parliamentary system because I grew up in Canada and then lived in England.
0: Order. So I'm trying, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> so I'm trying to wrap my head around everything, and I'm like, what a great document! Like it, you know, it's like it's powerful. That's what we have, and I I'm trying to like as I continue to live here, trying to understand the Constitution and respect it and yeah, well, our constitution is not. a
0: millennial and mm-hmm. your constitution is a boomer so
1: <laughs> you know what I mean like I like you know like I, I, it's it's powerful and it, the fact that the president
0: doesn't actually know anything about it is so enraging mm-hmm. yeah and not, not only that but defies it and, yes. and mm-hmm. uh, belittles it uh, so Anyway, so back with this bribery example, since, you know, the, the federal bribery statute doesn't raise separation of powers question, questions, and it doesn't because the Constitution doesn't grant those powers to the president. If, if the Constitution said, by the way, the president can bribe people, then you wouldn't be able to have a bribery statute or enforce one against the president because he's explicitly given that power in Article 2. So therefore, under the Office of Legal Counsel's analysis, Congress can criminalize certain obstructive conduct by the president because they raise no separation of power issues. So in other words, the Constitution does not allow the president to engage in obstructive conduct and further, obstructive conduct actually impedes the president from taking care that the laws be faithfully executed. So basically, holding Trump accountable for obstruction doesn't not only impede his ability to do his job, but his crimes impede his ability to do his job. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's not even one way. It's the uh, it's contrary to to mm-hmm. what he thinks. Be, totally. Because obstructing justice prevents him from carrying out his Article two power of taking care that the laws be faithfully executed. Seriously.
2: Hey. Also. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I thinking, you can't crime and president at the same time, bro. Right. Nope. And I'm thinking about, like, statements by leaders in Japan and Iran, people that truly will not even negotiate with us or sit at a table with him because of his conduct. Not saying that that's necessarily as a direct result of his obstructive acts, but just on principle, Mm -hmm. your conduct as the president is going to in, of inform how you're able to interact
0: on a global stage. He blames that on the investigation. The, the leaders won't talk to me because right. I'm being investigated. No, the leaders won't talk to you because you crimed.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you're an untrustworthy person whose word means absolutely nothing. Yeah,
0: that's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's see. We go to page 171 here, where, and Mueller here addresses the separation of powers principles and how they support the conclusion that Congress can prohibit corrupt, obstructive acts carried out through the president's official powers. And he concludes that Congress can do that without undermining his Article 2 functions because of the separation of powers. And in applying a, a, a separation of balancing test, they call it a balancing test, Mueller concludes that Congress can validly make obstruction of justice statutes applicable to corruptly motivated official acts of the president without undermining his Article Two functions. Boom. He repeats that like nine different ways. Yes. Uh, Mueller breaks this down in three sections. First of which starts on page 172 and addresses the Supreme Court's separation of powers balancing test and how it applies to this case. He cites US v. Nixon here and other case law upholding Uh-oh. that. Uh oh. That went. No, 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 no. That when Article II power has not been explicitly assigned by the Constitution to be within the sole province of the president, but rather is thought to be encompassed within the general grant of the president's executive power, the court has balanced the competing constitutional considerations. So SCOTUS supports Mueller's conclusion. The court, we balance it, it's balanced. Mm -hmm. You may not be a crimer. Mm -hmm. Mueller then tests himself uh, using the effective obstruction of justice laws. Uh, on the president's capacity to perform his Article II responsibilities and concludes that the president has no more right than other citizens to impede official proceedings. The obstruction of justice laws do not aggrandize power in Congress to usurp executive authority. Uh, I'll repeat that. The obstruction of justice laws created by Congress do not aggrandize power in Congress to usurp executive authority. In fact, they impose a discrete limitation on criminal conduct. Therefore, the laws would only stop the president from acting to obstruct official proceedings with, you know, for the improper purpose of protecting his own interests. And they would not stop him from doing president stuff, mainly because impeding official proceedings is not president stuff. Right. <laughs> so he's just reiterating it now. But now he's doing it under the umbrella of um, the constitutional Uh, Defenses. So additionally, the president can't have unfettered authority to remove all executive branch officials involved in the execution of laws. The Constitution established that Congress has legislative authority to structure the executive branch by authorizing Congress to, say, create departments and officer positions and specify how inferior officers are appointed or removed. So therefore, while the president has the power to fire people, Congress has recognized authority to place certain limits on removal. Uh, where the constitution permits Congress to impose a good cause limitation on the removal of an executive branch office, the constitution should equally permit Congress to bar removal for the corrupt purpose of obstructing justice. And that corrupt purpose prohibition does not undermine the president's ability to perform his article II functions. So basically what they're saying here is that since the constitution allows Congress to make a rule that says you can't fire Comey without good cause. Mm -hmm. In so doing that, the Constitution permits Congress to bar the removal of Comey for corrupt purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so since the corrupt purpose prohibition doesn't undermine his Article 2 powers, a restriction on removing an inferior officer for a corrupt purpose doesn't either. So this is his little whittling his way down to say Congress can make it so you aren't allowed to fire Comey for corrupt purposes. And that doesn't interfere with your Article 2 powers. Cool. It's a really, really brilliant Logical mm-hmm. stepping argument.
2: Well, and is this, this isn't the first time that this logic has ever been laid out, though,
0: right? No, like I it's... imagine not because of the Saturday night massacre right. with Nixon.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's some of the case law that is cited uh, Nixon v. Fitzgerald, U.S. v. Nixon. Uh, but I, I love that. So mm-hmm. because Congress is allowed to place, to structure the executive branch, and in structuring the executive branch, they can put a good cause. Um, reason a rule on firing uh, officials and because they can put a good cause rule on it contrary wise, they can prohibit a bad cause removal and since they can prohibit that uh, that doesn't undermine article 2 functions and since the corrupt purpose prohib- prohibition doesn't undermine article 2 powers a restriction on moving an inferior inferior officer for corrupt purposes doesn't either So that's how he gets to, you can't fire Comey because for corrupt purposes.
1: Yeah. It's like you may have the power to fire people, but if it's for an obviously corrupt person, if it's for an obviously obviously corrupt reason,
0: the people have the power to make that illegal. Yeah. And it goes all the way back to Article 1 powers Mm -hmm. for Congress to be able to structure the executive and Mm -hmm. then to be able to put goodwill provisions on um, firing people, which means you can prohibit them from doing it for bad reasons, which means that doesn't interfere with Article Two, yeah. which means that, and it's just this perfect little ding, 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 mm-hmm. if that if then mm-hmm. then this, and you're just like, well, so yeah, that's why you can't fire Comey for corrupt purposes, mm-hmm. and and claim that it's somehow infringing on your ability to um, execute your Article Two powers. Mm-hmm. So finally, Mueller covers how Congress has a power to protect congressional grand jury and judicial proceedings against corrupt acts. From any source. And Mueller reminds us that Congress has Article 1 authority to define generally applicable criminal law and apply it to all persons, including the president. So, therefore, it has the authority to protect congressional proceedings. Then Mueller cites U.S. v. Nixon to show Congress has the power to protect... protect grand jury proceedings because Nixon, in in, in the Nixon case, the court rejected the president's claim of absolute executive privilege. (laughs) Sound familiar? Because allowing privilege to withhold evidence that is demonstrably relevant in a criminal trial would cut deeply into the guarantee of due process law and gravely impair the basic function of the courts. Yep.
2: And that was Uh, the tapes.
0: Yep. Executive privilege. Them's the tapes. Uh, And the grand jury cannot achieve its constitutional purpose without protection from corrupt acts. And in my favorite case law citation, Mueller invokes cobbledick versus the United States, (laughs) where the corn Oh, my God. Cobbledick, cobbledick, (laughs) cobbledick. Best name. Cobbledick, cobbledick. A dick from better times. Cobbledick sounds like that (laughs) thing that hangs down from a turkey's neck. Mm -hmm. Nice cobbledick, bro. Cobbledick road. (laughs) (laughs) So in cobbledick versus the United States, uh, cobbledick has to lose because of the name. No. Uh, The court held that the Constitution itself makes the grand jury a part of the judicial process. That is the case, Cobbledick versus the U.S., where they established the grand jury is part of the judicial process. Not to mention the grand jury's function is enshrined in the Fifth Amendment, that no person shall be held to answer for a serious crime unless on a presentment of indictment of a grand jury. And if the grand jury were not protected against corrupt interference, its function as an independent charging body would be thwarted, therefore thwarting the entire judicial system. Mueller says that uh, his assessment of the weighing of interests led him to conclude that Congress has the authority to impose the limited restrictions contained in those statutes on the president's official conduct to protect the integrity of important functions of other branches of government. Therefore, Mueller was not persuaded by Trump's argument that the president has blanket constitutional immunity to engage in acts that would corruptly obstruct justice through the exercise of otherwise valid Article 2 powers.
2: God, such a smart way
0: to just defend such a stupid argument. I know. It's 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 almost like trying to explain to a child that because I don't allow you to say fuck doesn't interfere with your ability to eat your spaghetti.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just thinking that as you were going over it. I was thinking about like, not a child, but like when you're trying to like train a puppy or something, you're like, you can't be in here. You also can't be in here. Yeah. You can't be in here either. Sorry, not in here either. (laughs) You may be
0: in here. Good. Mm
1: -hmm. Outside, yes, good, yes. Good
0: dog. Inside, no. On the bed, off. Yeah. People say that to Trump too. <laughs> uh, then on, to, he's not allowed on the furniture. Then on to page one seventy-eight and ascertaining whether the president violated obstruction law would uh, would not chill his performance on Article Two duties. So this is what I was talking about earlier: the ch- the chill, the chilling effect. Ch- ch- ch. And this is where Mueller ties it all together: the language of the statute, congressional powers the balancing tests, the SCOTUS decisions. And he says that applying the obstruction laws to Trump's conduct would involve determining if there was an obstructive act, if the act had a nexus to an official proceeding, and if he was motivated by corrupt intent. And by applying those standards to Trump's conduct, Mueller has proven that would not hinder his ability to perform constitutional duties. And he cites Nixon v. Fitzgerald here, taking into account the chilling effect on the president in adopting a constitutional rule of presidential immunity. So several safeguards would prevent a chilling effect. Number 1, the existence of settled legal standards. Number 2, the presumption of regularity in prosecu- prosecutorial actions. Number 3, the existence of evidentiary limitations on probing the president's motives, and 4, there's no historical instance where there was an impermissible chill.
1: Can you Okay, can you I'm give sorry. me a little bit more of a context
0: as to the chilling effect? impermissible chill (laughs) (laughs) impermissible chill (laughs) yeah basically he'll tie it up in the end let's get to the end and then we'll see if there's any questions but but Mueller breaks these down even further. First the term corruptly is a very high standard. So when the president is acting like a good boy, those actions fall outside of the obstruction zone. <laughs> so there's no chilling effect since presidenting, as defined in Article two, is not corrupt. Okay, so there's a really high standard for corruptly. So it doesn't put it doesn't chill the president. You know, he doesn't have to walk around on eggshells trying not to corrupt because it's a high, high standard. Right. And then uh, second, there's no reason to believe that the investigations would occur except in highly unusual circumstances. So asking Trump to not obstruct justice can't take up enough time for him to not be able to president. It just doesn't happen that often. Third, in the rare cases where there is an investigation, the process of examining his motives need not have a chilling effect probing the president's intent is unquestionably constitutional in these rare rare instances Mm. so you don't have to walk on eggshells man just don't fucking break the law and here's the law and here's exactly what it means and here's exactly what you can do and can't do and it's a really high standard so don't give me your i can't do my job that's bullshit Uh, Finally, history provides no reason to believe that any asserted chilling effect justifies exempting the president from obstruction laws. So even if you were chilled, that doesn't exempt you from obstruction laws. As a historical matter, presidents have very seldom been in the the subjects of grand jury investigations. And it is rarer still for circumstances to raise even the possibility of a corrupt personal motive. For arguably obstructive action through the president's use of power. So this happens very rarely and the standard is very high. And accordingly, the president's conduct of office should not be chilled based on hypothetical concerns about a possible application of a corrupt motive standard in this context. So in sum, contrary to the position taken by the president's counsel, we conclude that in light of Supreme Court precedent governing separation of power issues. We had a valid basis for investigating the conduct at issue in this report. In our review, the application of the obstruction statutes would not impermissibly burden the president's performance of his Article II functions to supervise prosecutorial conduct or remove inferior law enforcement officers. And the protection of the criminal justice system from corrupt acts by any person, including the president, accords with the fundamental principle of our government, that no person in this country is so high that he is above the law. And that last quote comes from United States versus Lee in 1882 clinton versus jones in you know when that was and united states versus nixon hell
2: yeah <laughs>
0: yeah it's a good one uh we'll be right back with the conclusion of the Mueller report so stick around it'll be good <laughs> You've heard about neighborhood watch groups, right? Well, neighbors, looking out for neighbors, that's how it works. They keep their community safe, you meet in the garage every week. But get this, the neighborhood watch is now an app on your phone. You might be wondering how it works. The app is called Neighbors, and it's by Ring. That's the company behind those video doorbells and security cameras. I love the Neighbors app. It gives me real-time safety alerts and provides a convenient way for me to interact with my neighbors about stuff that's important to our block. And it's totally free. You don't even need to own a Ring device. I downloaded the app for free, set up my homepage, and then used their easy, interactive map to draw out the neighborhood I want to monitor and, you know, where I want to talk to my neighbors and get alerts. And I was immediately able to start getting safety alerts and was posting and reading anonymous messages from my neighbors right when I signed up. And first thing I noticed was somebody posted a video of a person that kept stealing their packages, so the rest of us were able to keep our eye out. Uh, uh, The fact is, the app is making it easier to share information and communicate in a way we couldn't using the old, you know, fashion neighborhood watch programs. And it's all in the palm of your hand, so it's really convenient. So if you want to see what's going on in your neighborhood, text AGPOD to the number 555-888 to download the Neighbors app today. That's AGPOD to 555-888. Make your neighborhood safer today with the Neighbors app by Ring. All right, welcome back. Uh, I have saved the conclusion for last, though I'm sure...
2: (laughs) That makes sense. (laughs) I
0: was going to open with it, but because it was called the conclusion... uh (laughs) That was a dumb sentence. Why did I type that? (laughs) December is Procrastination <laughs> Awareness Month. Uh, I'm, And if you're listening to this, you're still with us after 19 episodes of this, I'm sure you've heard this conclusion a million times, but I'm going to read it verbatim anyway. It's on page 182. This is the entire section four. Because we determined not to make a traditional prosecutorial judgment, we did not draw ultimate conclusions about the president's conduct. The evidence we obtained about the president's actions and intent presents difficult issues that would need to be resolved if we were making a traditional prosecutorial judgment. At the same time, if we had confidence after a thorough investigation of the facts that the president clearly did not commit obstruction of justice, we would so state. Based on facts and the applicable legal standards, we are unable to reach that judgment. Accordingly, while this report does not conclude that the president committed a crime, it also does not exonerate him.
2: The big, kah- oh, I was going to say big conus, so I was using correctly. The- <laughs> I just ruined that moment. But the big... The big enchilada. The big enchilada of that, um, of this whole report, I think, was largely resting on that sentence. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Very I mean, exciting.
1: He's basically just saying, like, he crimed. I can't say that he
0: crimed directly. Here you go, Congress. Like, Here's all the crimes. Yeah, exactly. Here's how they meet every single statute mm-hmm. or not. hmm Ta-da. hmm Oh, 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 Ukraine? Okay, well... I'll just be over here <laughs> if you need anything.
1: Did he? Did he call the Ukrainian president the day after the Mueller report came out, or something? Yeah. wasn't it like yeah. the same week?
0: Or
2: God, yes, it was because he was referencing yeah. like how what a shitty job Mueller had done. Yeah, he uh-huh. was like <laughs> got away with that. Okay, on April
0: nineteenth or something like that was one of his first calls with Zelensky. Yeah, so, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. Again, seamless transition. Yeah, from everything from the Mueller report into now what's happening in, with Ukraine. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, with the Ukraine investigation, I feel like we're finally getting that fast gratification we never got from the tantric Mueller investigation. <laughs> but all this work, all the investigation not only opened up the door to impeachment, but it now removes the excuse that got Junior off the hook in the Russia investigation, right? Trump can't claim that he did not willfully and knowingly break the law when he went to interfere with the 2020 election. He can't. It's impossible. It, it, it's like when Ivanka got caught with using her private email. You can't... I'm sorry. You didn't know? Right. <laughs> like, mm, You knew. I know you knew. Uh, so, uh, real quick, let's go over the back matter. And I'm just going to go right to the report for this. Because these are the, all the appendices at the end. And they're super fun. <laughs> I mean, That's I guess... That's the it, biggest copy of the Mueller report I've ever seen, AG. Thank you. <laughs> I guess it depends on your definition of f- what fun is, but... I like back matter. (laughs) Back matter. That could be misconstrued. I know. That's what I call the rolls on my ribs. (laughs) Don't look at my back matter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, So if we go to Appendix A, we're going to get... Uh, from the Office of the Deputy Attorney General Appointment of Special Counsel to Investigate Russian Interference with the 2016 Presidential Election and Related Matters. So this is Rod Rosenstein's uh, little memo that he wrote on May 17th, 2017 when he appointed Special Counsel. And this was the one meant for public consumption. Mm -hmm. Um, We got a few uh, more narrowing scope memos later, like about Manafort specifically. But that was that. And so it, it... Basically just says, go forth and investigate Russia. If special counsel believes it's necessary and appropriate, special counsel is authorized to prosecute federal crimes arising from the investigation. So, Rod told him he could prosecute federal crimes arising, but then just not the president because the Office of Legal Counsel memo Mm -hmm. says that you can't. Then we have Appendix B. uh, Appendix B, glossary, uh, referenced persons. And <clears throat> this is great because if you, you get this for nothing other than to have this list of names and who they are. Uh, and they put them in alphabetical order. And some of the fun things to do is to guess some of the redacted names based on where mm-hmm. they fall in the alphabetical order uh, list. Oh, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, it's just, just peeking over, seeing all of that redaction. Yeah, so there's one here on page B5 between oh, wow. Kotzev and Kavaladze. So it's a K A, right? Name. Huh. Uh, and it looks about as long as, uh, um, Araldi Cavalace's name, Ike, also known as. It says that's nice. He puts nicknames.
2: So. <laughs> I'm so surprised they don't just redact everything to a uniform degree, so you can't count the letters. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, and that's harm to an ongoing matter. Mm-hmm. So it's a K A name. Hmm. That's harm to an ongoing matter. Yeah. Mm. And then there's one after graph, between graph and hawker, that's harm to an ongoing matter. Uh, so that's either a, a probably an H or a, a maybe a GU that could be in there too. Hmm. We'll put out our guesses on our Twitter account. And that's a long one and harm to an ongoing matter. Whoever the person between Kotzev and Kavalatze is, it's just like six words that says this person is a shithead, probably. <laughs> under, <laughs> but that's harm to an ongoing matter. I feel like there should be more names that have harm to an ongoing matter because of all of the, up in Appendix D, you get all of the uh, handoff cases, and like 12 of them are totally redacted. And ongoing. Then we have somebody between Mnuchin and Muller Magoon. Remember that guy?
2: Yes. <laughs> Best name.
0: Aside hey. from Cobbledake. <laughs> 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 Muller Magoon. He was one of the guys they caught on video going in to visit Assange in the embassy. Uh, Muller Magoon with his backpack and thumb drives. So between Minuchin and Muller, so that's N-O. It's probably like an M-O name. like, And it's really short. So. Hmm. Hmm. The Mob. I think maybe <laughs> under there. Yeah. Mob, mob comma. comma yeah. <laughs> uh, so you know, we'll, look, we'll think about that one. It's definitely not Manafort. He's not redacted in here. Uh, and then Roger Stone's name is here, but his okay shit is redacted. His, okay, his, his his like what he does for a living is redacted. Yeah. It's like advisor to the Trump campaign and redacted, redacted, redacted. <laughs> Probably the guy who transmitted the files to WikiLeaks that were stolen from Russia or at least coordinated it. And then we have entities and organizations like Alpha Bank and Letter One, Unit 74455. That's the GRU. Remember all the way back from volume one? Mm-hmm. Mm. So that, those are the only redacted names that they have in there. And mm-hmm. they have an index of acronyms, which seems really short for, to me for the government. But there it is. Uh, And I work for the government. I always have to put an index of acronyms in pretty much Mm -hmm. everything I wrote that involved the government. And that one seems like a short one. Yeah, it does. Oh, but it's interesting that VEB is Vinesh Kanan Bank and QIA is not in here. That's who I think Mm -hmm. is. That's who my pick is for the the secret company from country A.
2: Oh yeah, my bad. I said secret country eh? A. <laughs> secret country. The country is secret too. The like country. Wakanda. <laughs> yeah. Atlantis. Atlantis. You guys, they just fist bumped. In the same voice. Atlantis. Atlantis. You guys been hanging out a little bit in the last year? <laughs> <clears throat>
0: What's Appendix C? What is this shit? Uh, Introductory note. The president provided written responses. Oh, this is the uh, introductory note to the questions that Mueller sent to the president. Mm. Uh, There is some grand jury material questions in here that are redacted. Written questions to be answered under oath by President Donald J. Trump. And uh, it's basically run through them really fast. There's subsections. But the the main issues are the June 9th, 2016 meeting at Trump Tower. Um, The... Number two here is the Russian hacking um, or the Russian efforts to use social media and WikiLeaks. Number three is the Trump organization Moscow Project. Uh, then number four is wait, what happened to four? Three, five. Oh, there's two fives. Oh, typo. Mm. So four is contacts with Russia and Russia related issues during the campaign. Five is contacts with Russia and Russia related issues during the transition. And that's it. And then the responses of Trump, I don't recall, I don't know, (laughs) I uh, I don't know. You should put that on the abbreviations list. I don't recall. IDR. Uh, I have no recollection of learning that Donald Trump, Jr., Paul Manafort, Kushner in the meeting. I have no independent recollection. I'm not aware. Um, my Trump organization desk calendar reflects that I was outside Trump Tower during a portion of these days (laughs) Uh, he used his calendar like Kavanaugh did I was at Squeeze having brewskis working out at Tobin's. I like beer Um, he said you can uh, I was at the National Golf Club he says he's golfing a lot Uh, I don't remember whether I spoke or met with Junior I have no independent recollection I do not recall. Uh, I become aware that the campaign documents already produced to you reflect the drafting evolution and sources of information for the speech I to give probably on the Monday following June 7th about the Hillary dirt. I don't recall. It's just all a bunch of... uh, I don't recall. I do not remember. Like, literally, I do not recall. Uh, You have the public reporting. Yeah, there's nothing... Sometime in 2015, Michael Cohen suggested me the possibility of the Trump Organization project in Moscow. As I recall, oh, he recalls, uh, Mr. (laughs) Cohen described this project as a general type (laughs) that we've done in the past. Uh, I had few conversations with Cohen about it. I vaguely remember press inquiries. Uh, Mr. Manafort was primarily hired because of his uh, delegate work for prior presidential candidates. Yeah. And I do not recall being told... Uh, about rush efforts for Russian officials to meet with me. I have no recollection of the details of what when, for whom or whence you first I first learned about a change of the platform at the RNC. I do not remember having been asked about the world Chess Championship gala. I don't remember, I don't remember so those are his answers. And then um, appendix D, which is the fun the fun one, but totally pretty much redacted so we can't really see anything in here. Um, But these are transfers. The special counsel office has concluded the investigation into links and coordination between Russia uh, and the office has transferred responsibility for these matters to other components of the Department of Justice and the FBI. These transfers include, number one, the United States versus Bijan Kian and Alptekin and uh, we he was convicted but that has been overturned and it will probably be appealed by the government but that's where we're at right now it's been overturned by the judge for lack of evidence and it might have to do with the fact that Flynn who was supposed to be a star witness in this case stopped being a cooperating witness and became an unindicted co-conspirator like the week before he was supposed to testify in this case Um, United States versus Michael Flynn we know what's going on with that United States versus Rick Rick Gates United States versus the Internet Research Agency, United States versus Kalimnik, uh, Paul Manafort, Victor Netchenko, that's all the Russian hackings, uh, William Samuel Patton, Um, and we we know what happened in that. He was found guilty. Yeah. And then. Then number nine is harm to an ongoing matter. The acting attorney general and the special counsel to investigate, among other things, crime or crimes arising out of the payments were Paul Manafort received from the Ukrainian government. So that one's ongoing. Later to confirm, the special counsel's authority to investigate redacted. Number 10 is the U.S. versus Roger Stone. Number 11, which is, it oh, uh, says awaiting trial, but that's not redacted for harm to an ongoing mm. matter. Um, number 11 is harm to an ongoing matter. And then uh, other referrals. Alphabetically by subject. Number one, redacted. Number two, Michael Cohen. Alphabetically by subject. Oh. So somebody's before so, Michael Cohen.
2: Just last name?
0: Yeah. Harm to an ongoing matter. Number three, redacted. Number four, redacted. Number five, Gregory Craig and redacted. From Skadden, Arp, Slate, Meager, and Flom. And uh, that might be... Oh, who was it with... Gregory Craig. Giant blank. Could be Tony Podesta, but he's the Podesta group, and Vin Weber is the Mercury group. And this specifically says Scott Narp, Slate, Meager, and Flom. Uh, number six is harm to an ongoing matter. Seven redacted. Eight redacted. Nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. It's really crazy seeing a visual representation of how much is redacted. And fourteen <laughs> redacted. Yeah, these are all open yeah. and ongoing. Investigations. I'm looking at these pages, which are just like black bars of redacted content right now and then he goes to completed prosecutions and that of course is papadopoulos who's mm-hmm. guilty 14 days i think he got out and i think he served 14 i don't remember but he's a douche and <laughs> then uh van he served his 30 days got out and was deported by his uh father-in-law worked at alpha bank um mm-hmm. and he he also worked at scad and arps and then um Richard Pinedo and that was the guy the one uh, American uh, citizen who was charged with all the Russians because he provided false identities to them mm-hmm. but didn't participate knowingly in interference in the election he right. just fraudulently provided IDs and he's been he's done his prosecution is done so there's still a lot out there that we don't know about and I'm uh, I used to be hopeful that the FBI and the Department of Justice would prosecute these but in I know that in uh, as soon as Bill Barr took over the SDNY was looking into the hush money payments the Southern District of New York for Michael Cohen and they stopped that investigation so that wasn't going on and now it's being it's being taken up by the Manhattan District Attorney's Office Um, so and that's non-pardonable so I guess that's good we're forcing all of these investigations and in that Cohen case the judge was like well if you're not going to finish this case I'm going to release all this shit and so he un- unsealed a bunch of stuff. And that's when mm-hmm. Manhattan DA picked up the case. So I'm hoping there's other judges in other cases like some of these that maybe Barr has shut down or shuttered that are like, well, fine, I'm releasing a bunch of shit. And then maybe the state courts can pick it up where it's applicable. But a lot of these are federal crimes, too. And you can't charge a federal crime in a state court. Yeah.
1: Well, except for the stuff that is also a state crime, right? So, like, there are some things that are state crimes in there.
0: Yeah. For example, Manafort is being tried in the state of New York for uh, kind of the same criminal conduct, but... Uh, arising from different actions and this was like his airbnb thing his real Mm -hmm. estate fraud he's basically uh lied to the government and said his sister was a primary resident at at this particular place and so but so he was paying was tax fraud so Mm -hmm. because you pay lower taxes and stuff like that real estate taxes uh and he falsified some business records which Mm -hmm. is against law too and that's what um, Cy Vance at the Manhattan District Attorney's Office is looking into the Trump organization for the hush money payments. Not not that he violated any, you know, he mm-hmm. did violate um, federal criminal or federal campaign law. But what he's looking into is falsification of business records, which is against New York state law, because they said they paid Michael Cohen for legal fees when actually they were reimbursing him for him taking a HELOC out on his house, a second mortgage to pay these um, these women off for right. to keep quiet about their affairs
1: but you don't have hope that other parts of this are going to be picked up and carried by our current Department of Justice.
0: No, I have absolutely no faith in the Department of Justice right now, especially now, uh, mm-hmm. I didn't before, but now doubly since oh, seriously. Yeah. with the Ukraine thing, the the William Barr is named yeah. uh, in this several times Yeah, as a point of contact. and
2: mm-hmm. All in on helping orchestrate it all. Yeah. yeah. And also just, you know, I
1: haven't obviously been a part of this saga since the beginning and gone over all 19 parts in detail. Um, I'm kind of new to obsessing over the Mueller report (laughs) in in detail. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Um, But the fact that it lays out so clearly, and he wraps it up in this nice little package and and says, here you go, Congress. The fact that so many Republicans are so silent on this and have done nothing, not just over the summer when the report came out, but also now with this Ukraine thing, it's just so
2: Mm -hmm. enraging. Their silence is just deafening oh yeah history is going to look back on the republicans so unkindly yeah like listening to various republican statements over the last couple of days it's like Mm -hmm. it's they're putting their party over their country 100 percent. and all these fake patriots i can't take it anymore i can't take the fact that all of these people who are in trump's base constantly tout around patriotism as a reason for all of their beliefs that wind up marginalizing and fucking over our country, but then when we have something going on, like what was outlined in the Mueller report and what is happening with Ukraine, that is so blatantly unpatriotic and such a direct undermining of our entire democracy, they have nothing to say for it.
0: Yeah, I've exposed about 11 cases of stolen valor uh, from Trump supporters claiming that they're veterans. Uh, or active duty service members, uh, you can usually pick them out cause they don't have an avatar, uh, on social media or they'll have a picture of a dog or something. And they'll, it's usually like hashtag MAGA, hashtag 82nd, hashtag, yeah. whatever. And then all you have to do, they'll be like, look oh, you piece of shit, uh, America, blah, 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 or whatever, you know, they say. Uh, and then you just say, Hey, Oh, I see you're a veteran. Do you mind if I see your boot camp picture? That's all you have to do. Politely ask for their boot camp picture. Yeah.
1: <sighs> yeah it's crazy it's so crazy to me I, I also wish that these people would read a fucking history book because the people who are the Republicans who are staying silent on all of this like after the Mueller report has come out and everything's been so crystal clear you know these old white men have never have you know history's always been on their side but if right now they're saying this abuse of power is fine but if you read a history book you know that someone who gets away with abusing power continues to abuse power and women and people of color know this so it's like they i just wish that they had any context as to what they're allowing because they're letting greed blind them mm-hmm. so, well there are cool. education
0: deserts in this country so um i know it's very frustrating welcome welcome to our country um <laughs> But anyway, that is it. Um, we would so state we are unable to exonerate the president. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, uh, in case you hadn't heard that final line already a hundred times. But thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you all, I should say, so much for... For listening to uh, this 19 part series uh, of us reading uh, and at least breaking down or summarizing the Mueller report, we hope you've enjoyed it. Um, check us out. Our main podcast comes out Sunday nights. It's called Mueller, She Wrote. And then, of course, we have the Daily Beans, which is a daily morning news pod with swearing. It's nice. I like it. Uh, and if you, uh, you know, want to hit us up on social media, we're at Mueller, She Wrote pretty much everywhere you go. So we'll see you there. And any final thoughts? No, other than fantastic job with all of this,
2: seriously.
1: Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. totally. You really, really, really great digestible job. and understandable, A.G. <sighs> yeah,
2: mm-hmm. I know. That's an incredible amount of work, so. I am... I, it's... I'm
0: really, like... I, I'm so proud of all the work that we've all done. Uh, I'm glad it's over, mm-hmm. <laughs> and now we're moving on to this super fast, sexy impeachment it's part impeachment with, time. With, with Ukraine, uh, and we can put this tantric Mueller shit behind us. Yep, like a, <clears throat> like we've just been edged for two years, and now it's yes. time. Yes, mm-hmm. seriously, Mueller is an edge lord. Yeah, Mueller is <laughs> an
2: edge lord. I'm okay with the Mueller report only really being something to hold us over until yeah. The- that yeah. was the that was the foreplay. Yeah, Nancy's here, and she's like, "I'm ready to go." It's, it's a just just important. It one hundred percent just as important.
0: Yep, it helped us. It like I said, it helped us lead to this impeachment inquiry. And and now the uh, the Trump his organization, all of his people have no. Excuse that they don't know the law.
2: And now we'll just have to see if the Democrats will integrate everything that Mueller has done into their official articles of impeachment or if they're going to just
0: keep it restricted to this Ukraine stuff. I think they're going to keep it restricted to the Ukraine stuff. It does seem like that. Um, um, Although they might do um, an obstruction article and that might include the obstruction um, Mm -hmm. for for this investigation Mm -hmm. and the special counsel as well. I hope so. I don't think there's any reason to not include that in there, especially considering all the evidence you have. I agree. All right. Well, thank you very much. You guys take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. I've been AG. I've been Jordan Coburn. I've been Amanda Reeder. And this is Muller She Wrote. Muller She Wrote is produced and engineered by AG with editing and logo design by Jaleesa Johnson. Our marketing consultant and social media manager is Sarah Lee Steiner, and our subscriber and communications director is Jordan Coburn. Fact-checking and research by AG, and research assistance by Jaleesa Johnson and Jordan Coburn. Our merchandising managers are Sarah Lee Steiner and Sarah hirschberger Valencia. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios, and our website is MullerSheWrote.com.